0: Hang on a bit of a tangent here. Yeah, you know, can men tangent. can't be trusted to wash their dicks; they just can't. And this is from my perspective of like,
1: what, what do you mean? What do you mean okay. by that statement? Okay.
0: Hello, and welcome back to To Be Honest, the podcast. My name is Kara R. Reedy, and sitting across from me is my bestie for the resty duck dog millionaire
1: hello hi how are you feeling today i'm feeling like honestly in the spirit of honesty quite anxious today but Mm. happy to be recording the pod
0: yes how are you today i'm feeling great today i've had a really it's a sunday i've had a really slow morning i just kind of like chilled went to starby's good for you got, got a coffee and a muffin i fucking here's the thing here's what here's what i'm gonna say
1: Is this like a hot take?
0: No, it's actually not a hot take. It's probably the lukewarm take, the best. (laughs) Starbucks is underrated.
1: You really think so? (laughs) I mean, I think Starbucks is underrated in Australia. Yeah, but
0: that's true. I mean, I've never been to America, and and I understand that a lot of Americans really like Starbucks, so maybe i'm incorrect Mm. but anyway i think starbucks is underrated in australia like all the people i speak to are like oh but the coffee is not very good you don't go for the coffee you go for the experience Mm -hmm. is all i'm saying Mm -hmm. and the muffins they also have a new vegan breakfast thingy
1: did you get that no i didn't i did not anyway how's your day going it's going fine thanks so why are you feeling anxious well because my cat has a uti
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tiger does love to get a uti at the most inopportune times this is
1: tiger's third uti and it's just a bit much
0: i will say that i am happy that he got this one while you were in town
1: thank you so much
0: because i didn't like when i was the only one that could take care of him (laughs) That was way too much stress for me. (laughs) Couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. Yeah. He's the most anxious animal I've ever met in my life. But he's such a little chicken. He is. He's really cute, but he's super anxious. He definitely needs some SSRIs. Some what? Antidepressants. Oh. Okay, anyway, let's get into
1: the episode. What do you have to be honest about this week? So, I have to be honest about the fact I've been really loving therapy lately. I I feel like I might have mentioned this, but I have a new therapist and she's really awesome, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've been getting to the bottom of a lot of like issues and self-doubt in particular, which is like one of my biggest problems, and it has been like a really, really beautiful experience like opening up to someone new and having them really be able to help me and like process a lot of things in a way that I've never really processed them before. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling really good about that. Like even though, you know, therapy is like an emotionally charged experience it has still been like really positive like i'm feeling really good coming out of every session so i'm just yeah really stoked on that at the moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. love that for you we do love
0: finding a new great therapist we do it feels so good when you're actually excited to go to therapy because you know you're going to leave being like fucked up in the best way Mm -hmm. my favorite thing is being fucked up by my therapist oh yeah it's my favorite pastime
1: it's quite a nice feeling in a way Anyway, what do you have to be honest about today, my darling?
0: Okay, so you asked me to make my honesty thing deep and meaningful. I'm not going to do that because I don't feel like feigning deep and meaningful when I'm not feeling it. I'm an authentic bitch. And that's just not where I am right now.
1: I need to interject right now and say that I didn't like, (laughs) I didn't like try and pressure you. She said
0: you need to make it deep and meaningful. Otherwise I'm not doing this podcast with you anymore. I said if
1: you're in the space too and you feel like sharing something deep and emotional, then you could. That's fine. You also couldn't. Which you're not going to. I'm not going to. Yeah. Not because
0: I don't, I'm just like, it's just not coming up for me naturally. What I am going to say is that I have to be honest with the fact that I think I found my new favorite podcast.
1: Oh, is it To Be Honest, a podcast? No, it's not. Because then, well, that's supposed to be your favorite.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True. This is my second favorite podcast then. Okay. And it's not true crime related. Oh, It is called, Are We Still Friends? And it's just two American girls who just literally chat shit Uh for the whole episode, which I actually really like. Like when I find a podcast, like two podcast hosts that I really like and the banter is like good and it's funny and it's like super casual. I really like those types of podcasts, like Mm -hmm. where it's just like, you can literally, they talk about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, And I guess the concept of the podcast, it's relatively new, but the concept is that they rarely agree on anything
1: right
0: i love listening to people argue lightheartedly because also i kind of am also someone who kind of likes to lightheartedly argue
1: oh yeah i know (laughs) okay
0: let's argue right now about that (laughs) why would you say that to me (laughs) anyway it's called are we still friends i think the hosts are named alina and sarah and they're just I can't even tell you what they talk about. They just talk about everything. So if you're looking for something new, casual, just like something to put in the background when you're getting ready or going for a walk or driving, that's what I would recommend. And that's what I have to be honest about this week.
1: Lovely. Shall we move on then? Yes. Let's get into the episode. Today's episode is Unprofessional Opinions. If you're new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. Second of all, welcome to Unprofessional (laughs) Opinions. This is an episode that we do monthly where we ask you if you have any questions and we give you some unprofessional opinions and or advice based on what you've submitted mm-hmm. so Kara already do you want to get us into the first question of the day I would
0: love to thank you so much for asking you're welcome thanks
1: should we argue maybe later okay
0: okay so the first question we have is I'm in a three-year relationship with a guy I love but I still think about a past crush do you have any advice what are your
1: initial thoughts on this one My initial thoughts is like this is kind of natural in a Mm -hmm. way. And the reason I say that is because I think that like regardless of whether someone is a crush or like a significant person in your life and in your past, like I don't think that it's uncommon to still think about those people. Mm -hmm. Like I still think about random people from my past every now and again. And whilst I'm not in a relationship, like that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not like, oh my God, like I really, really want to talk to them or be with them or whatever it's just like a natural thing that will come up like certain things will usually trigger you to think about certain people from your past and that kind of thing so my initial thoughts is like this isn't something major to worry about what Mm -hmm. do you think i agree i think
0: that it is natural and normal to be in a relationship especially a long-term relationship and find other people attractive or maybe have like little crushes here and there obviously like i think the point is that you never act on them Mm. and you never engage emotionally or physically or in any way that is disrespectful to your partner Mm um i think it's unrealistic to think that you could go through a long-term relationship and i do think that three years is long term yeah I think it's unrealistic to think you could go through a long-term relationship and not have like any kind of feelings the part where i would say it gets a bit maybe like murky in the situation is like if you're thinking about your crush when you're having sex with your partner like Mm. if you're finding yourself hung up on them if you're finding yourself like wanting to reach out to them and reconnect with them and stuff like that like that might be red flags that like maybe something's not right or you're not getting fulfilled in your relationship but if you're just like I have a little bit a little bit of a crush on this person who I follow on Instagram from my past or something. I don't think that's necessarily
1: bad. No, I think that what I find interesting about this question is that it's just saying I still think about a past crush. So it's kind of hard to know, like... Are you thinking about them sexually, yeah. romantically? Are they just popping into your head? Yeah. Are you... Like on what capacity are you thinking about them? Totally. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize the boundaries that you have for yourself in your relationship and perhaps think about how you would feel if your partner, like if the roles were reversed in this situation. Mm. Because for me personally, like I agree with Kara in the sense that I think that like, you know still being in touch with like past crushes and stuff like that isn't necessarily a bad thing I think if you are committed to your relationship Mm. that's what matters and if you and your partner both have clear boundaries in your relationship that is what matters so I think like perhaps looking at this situation from the opposite thing of like if your partner was still thinking about a past crush would you feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. it because that's sort of a way to understand like maybe where the boundaries are in your relationship
0: yeah and like maybe even if you do think like yes i am thinking about them and i can't seem to stop like there is potentially an element there that like a reason you're thinking about them and like is there something you're not getting from your partner that is like Mm. making you think about your crush like there could be a few different ways that it like is cropping up and like the meaning behind it Mm. but yeah i think at the end of the day a harmless innocent kind of crush isn't necessarily a bad thing no
1: i agree okay so our next question is an interesting one uh i met a girl on the internet and then i met her in real life and i don't like her how can i nicely turn her down
0: Mm -hmm. this is an interesting one because i do think that obviously letting someone down is not a nice idea right like especially Mm -hmm. if they are you know a nice person and like you appreciate them, but you're just not feeling that romantic connection. I think that it's hard to do that a lot of the time, but also like it is a it's a part of dating. Like you can't yeah. date without being prepared to do this. Because as we've discussed many times before, then you become a ghoster and that's just not cool. So I think that at the end of the day, without trying to say, Just do it. You just have to do it.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that you're even saying that you want to nicely turn her down is like a really positive thing because a lot of people... Uh, you know, wouldn't even consider this. A lot mm. of people do ghost. A lot of people don't communicate properly, or perhaps string someone along because they think it's easier than communicating. But at mm. the end of the day, as Kara and I always say, like communication is the key to a lot of problems in life, mm. and especially like in this kind of situation it is a really uncomfortable thing to do to turn someone down but at the end of the day you're doing the right thing for yourself and also to this girl as well because she's then going to be able to have space in her life to be able to meet someone who is attracted to her in real life and like wants to pursue something romantically with her.
0: Yeah and the reality of dating is that we have to be prepared that the other person won't like us and again that is not necessarily a nice thing to think about or like a a fun thing or like doesn't mean that it can't hurt sometimes Mm. but it is something that you know everyone who dates needs to be okay with yeah because it is totally valid to go on a date with someone just not feel a connection and then you know don't like you don't want to see them again yeah so i think as long as you yeah you nicely say like hey like thanks for the day like uh really nice meeting you and then you could say something like you know i personally didn't really feel a
1: connection there
0: but i really hope that you like you know find someone because you seem great
1: yeah something like that a compliment sandwich
0: look i'm not i i don't think it needs to be a compliment <laughs> sandwich i know that you're a big fan of a compliment sandwich this is the this is a, a compliment <laughs> the compliment sandwich thing is the perfect example of like me and you in terms of like how we grew up <laughs> is I'm sure your parents gave you a compliment sandwich all the
1: time. Just a compliment. <laughs> Just a
0: compliment. No, <laughs> no um, feedback or any criticisms. No, of any, I, d- I definitely, definitely got criticism. I, de- <laughs> I definitely oh got Oh my God. It's so funny. Yeah. But, yeah, you could compliment sandwich them. Look, you could do if, that.
1: If you really, like, want to make sure this person feels good, like, I just think it's important to directly communicate, like, mm-hmm. I do not want to pursue something romantic with you, full stop. Like, regardless of how you deliver that. Don't beat around the bush. No.
0: But, and, you know, obviously, like, you don't have to <laughs> straight-out message them, I never want to see you again. Like, you can beat around the bush a little bit maybe. Yeah. You can be nice about it, but if you're just certain you don't want to see them, tell them. Yes, that's that. Yeah. Okay, number three is what if you go to therapy and have nothing to talk about? And here's what I have to say. I call bullshit on anyone who says this. (laughs) I call absolute bullshit. Why is
1: that happening? With
0: love, I'm calling this person out because I think that unless, I mean, obviously there are people who exist in this world who genuinely don't have any like mental health issues. I don't understand, but.
1: All I don't, like, I can't imagine not having like some form of conflict in my life. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like, you know, life is kind of stressful and a lot. Yeah, well, I think this is one
0: of the things I was going to say is, like, I think a big misconception about therapy is that you can only go to your therapist. You can only go to therapy with, like, big, important, like, really, I don't know, like, serious issues. And that just isn't necessarily the case. Like, the point of therapy is that anything that is affecting you you and you feel like you know maybe has upset you or made you anxious or set you off or like even good things you can go to therapy and talk about good things oh that's, yeah that's actually a big part of therapy is like maybe dealing with oh i got a promotion i got this i got that how am i going to adjust the change and mm-hmm. stuff like that like there you can talk about anything in therapy and in fact you should and mm-hmm. i think it's natural to expect that you know, it's going to ebb and flow in terms of, like, maybe sometimes you'll go to therapy and you'll think, like, holy shit, I've had a really anxious week or a really depressed week and I have so much to talk about and so many things. And maybe a few weeks later you'll be like, there's nothing immediately coming to mind that really upset me between my last session and now. But I do think that if you're thinking you don't have anything to talk about in therapy, there is some sort of, like, avoidance going on there in some capacity.
1: And I think as well as that we need to give credit to therapists (laughs) in the fact Mm. that, like, therapists will find something to talk about with you because that's their job and also um like Everyone has something to talk about. Exactly. That's just like my, opinion. I, I can't imagine like even on weeks where I've had like a really good week and I'm feeling like in a really positive headspace and I go to therapy and I'm li- literally like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. My therapist will find something. Yes.
0: This is where journaling comes in quite handy. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to call myself out and say, I don't journal as much as I should. But what I do do is between therapy sessions. If I have like a thought, it, it's good to like kind of get to know your, coping mechanisms and your patterns and like the kind of cycles you go through between like your therapy session and your next therapy session like for example and this is not necessarily going to be the case for other people but for me post therapy I will usually feel really good mm. for maybe a week and then like I'll maybe I'll hit like a couple of down days or, like an anxious day or like if something happens and I'm like 3 weeks out from my next session or 2 weeks out from my next session chances are I will feel anxious or something like that because I'll be dealing with that issue, mm. but then I'll self-regulate and I'll self-soothe. And then by the time my therapy session rolls around, it'll barely be even the thought in my head, but that doesn't mean that I still can't talk about it in therapy. Right. Yeah. So what I do is I just keep a notes app on my phone and I just literally dot point, like little things that happen throughout my week or like the two weeks between my sessions. And I just write like two or three words when mm. it's happening and, That way, before my session or in my session, I can refer back to it and be like, oh, this happened. And you don't have to be like super sad or super upset or like really like in those emotions still Mm. to get something out of talking about it in therapy.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really, really love this question and I am so excited to talk about it. So the question is, how long should you be single after leaving a long-term relationship in your late twenties
0: this is an interesting one because i I mean obviously there's no cut and dry answer there's no black and white answer
1: everyone we
0: there really is no answer to this no
1: so this is the thing like when it comes to this topic i find it really interesting because i think a lot of the time we have like two ends of the spectrum with this like there are some people who will get out of a relationship specifically a long-term relationship and then like a month later meet someone and be like this person is it for me right and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't work out and then you have people who will stay single and like really commit to being single for a long time after a long-term relationship and then they can meet someone who can also be Mm -hmm. the right person or the wrong person for them so I don't think like you know when at what stage you know post relationship someone comes into your life is a huge deal i think that the reason why often people can think that people are jumping into things too quickly after a long-term relationship is if they haven't taken any time to heal and everyone's healing journey is different and i don't think that you can put a time frame on it yeah i don't think you can put a time frame on it and as well as that i don't think that your healing journey stops just if you get into a new relationship absolutely not i think what's important to remember is like sometimes people will go through relationships and feel like they have so much to work through after that relationship depending on the circumstances depending on how the breakup went and all of that kind of stuff and that stuff is more important than the actual time frame Mm -hmm. after the relationship because like I've met people who I know people sorry who literally have like met their new partner a week after their breakup and are in very happy long-term relationships with them now you can't control the time in which someone comes into your life but something that you can and should try and take control of is like committing to your healing journey and to making sure that you're in a space to be in a healthy relationship because you don't really want to like repeat the same patterns that perhaps ended your long-term relationship in the first place
0: yeah i completely agree i think the only person you can really say how long you should be single for after relationship is yourself Mm -hmm. and i think that's why it's really important after well at any stage in your life but especially after you've ended a relationship i guess it's really important to sit with yourself and really know yourself and know what you need like do you need space like do you have a tendency to go from relationship to relationship or at the very least get out of a relationship and be like looking seeking dating to kind of fill a void or something like that Mm -hmm. like is that something that's worked out well for you in the past like do you think that you would be, you would benefit from spending time alone mm-hmm. and learning about yourself and going to therapy or reading and, like, doing some, like, self-development things? Like, do you just need to, like, build up confidence and stuff after a relationship? Like, there's literally, like, endless things that yeah. might need to be done and that could be done by yourself. And I do think a lot of the time there is a really good healing space that can come from a post breakup like mm. i do think that being learning to be okay by yourself and single especially if you've been in like a really long-term relationship from when you were really young i think that can be really really powerful mm-hmm. but again like what you said like if you do happen to meet someone the next you know month after you break up with someone that's also fine too if you want to explore that yeah i do think that like you know the kind of the issue comes is when you're actively seeking it without actually thinking do I want this? What do I want? What do I need? What'll be best for me? Like if you're yeah. like jumping on a dating app the second you break up with your boyfriend,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. No. But it's it could mean that you're not necessarily listening to yourself.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to be honest with yourself. Mm. And I also really want to touch on the fact that in this question, this person's specified in your late twenties. Mm. And I understand being single in your late twenties can be quite confronting because there is a lot of pressure to get married, have children, buy the house, do the whole thing, mm. get the dog, whatever and <laughs> I think that a lot of the time when you uh, leave a long term relationship, and this happens to a lot of people, a lot of people are in long term relationships in their early 20s and they end as people are getting into their late 20s and they're really changing and evolving and so is yeah, their ex Yeah, kind of like crunch time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so it can be really confronting being in your late 20s and feeling like, especially if you identify as a woman, feeling like your body clock is really mm. ticking if you desire marriage and children and things like that so I think it's really important to remind yourself that like it's a good idea to not try and give in to this like pressure the societal Mm -hmm. pressure that we've talked about many times and allow that to dictate when you're ready to start dating like really just try and touch base with yourself see how you actually feel are you feeling like you have codependent tendencies coming up and is that why you're wanting the comfort of dating someone else or, you know, are you actually feeling ready?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Completely agree. Okay, so our fifth question
0: <laughs> made me laugh so much when we read it. Uh-huh.
1: It's, is it normal
0: to not want to give head? It really disgusts me. Here's the thing. I relate. I deeply relate. <laughs> I have to be deeply turned on by someone to want to give them head. Wow. And I'm not, I'm, if I'm going to be completely honest and completely TMI usually the thing that turns me on about giving head is me giving head like myself like i turn myself on <laughs> not necessarily like because okay i, I can hang on a bit of a tangent here Yeah, you can men tangent. can't be trusted to wash their dicks they just can't and this is from my perspective of like what,
1: this. <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean okay. by that statement? okay let me just
0: quickly do a little preface by saying like obviously for me i'm a straight woman like i would be Giving head to me means going, like, sucking, sucking a dick, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. I <laughs> hope Tracy's
0: listening. She's definitely not. <laughs> so it's fine. My mum is not listening. That's what it means to me. So this is the perspective that I'm talking about. Obviously, for other people, it'll be going down on a girl. That's fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's go back to the, the, the issue at hand, which is that I don't think men can be trusted to wash their dicks. You thought that, that was a crazy thing to say. Please tell me more.
1: I mean, I just have never thought about that.
0: That makes a lot of sense, though.
1: What (laughs) say that?
0: Well, it does make a lot of sense. I feel like you don't think about that stuff, but like, is that not? So this is not a concern to you in any capacity. No judgment. I'm just saying, like, this has not crossed your mind.
1: It's not something I've really thought about. It.
0: Okay. The hygiene aspect of it really puts me off. So that's why
1: you feel disgusted. I mean, I also think
0: penises are just really fucking gross, usually to look at, unless they are like
1: perfect and perfect
0: in pink. (laughs) Just for the record, that's not me being like, I only like white dicks. That's a little inside joke for you. (laughs) I'm totally fine with dicks of color. Anyway, I I don't even know if we should keep this in. (laughs) My point is that I feel like I would have to really trust a man's hygiene habits to feel super down to go down on him.
1: Right. Okay. So when it comes to like the question of, is it normal to not want to give head? my answer
0: me, me just like ignoring the actual question and telling
1: you my personal opinion <laughs> my personal opinion on this is that like the the idea of normal when it comes to a sexual act of anything is not mm-hmm. some not a word to use because if mm-hmm. I've learned anything um through my own sexual experiences and through learning about sexual experience of experiences of others is that that everyone is totally different in terms of what they enjoy doing and what they enjoy receiving you know with a partner like mm-hmm. and that is totally fine so definitely drop the idea that you it's not normal for you to not want to do mm-hmm. it because if you don't like to do it you don't, have, you don't to. have to do it that's pretty much that and if you don't like to do it
0: and then maybe like every now and then you do feel like you want to do it and then after that you don't feel like you want to do it anymore that's also fine like just because you do it once doesn't mean you're expected to do it every second day Mm-hmm. That's just my point there.
1: Yeah. So I think that, like, to answer the question, is it normal to not want to give head? Uh yes. Because in terms of like sex uh, and like sexual acts, like as long as it's consensual and everyone's having a good time, then it is normal. Yes. That's great.
0: Maybe we should change the word "normal" in these situations to "valid."
1: Is it valid?
0: Is it valid? Is it valid to not want to give head? Absolutely.
1: Yes. People will just like different things, and yeah. I think that what's important to note as well is that like. If you are having a sexual partner who perhaps really enjoys receiving head, I think it's important for you to have the conversation around mm-hmm. the fact that you don't enjoy doing that and they enjoy receiving that. So what's something that you can do as an alternative that you are both going to enjoy That you're doing? both comfortable
0: with. Yeah. yeah. I also would hazard a guess this is another little bit of a rant Mm -hmm. i would actually probably bet money on the fact that more women than we hear about don't like giving head Mm. because i do think that to an extent it is something women are expected to do i think it's getting better like obviously men going down on women in like straight like hetero relationships Mm -hmm. is becoming more of the norm as it fucking should be as it should be (laughs) they have a lot to make up for but anyway. (laughs) But I think that to an extent, it has been like expected a lot of the time that like a woman will do that, just like no questions asked. Like it's just like expected because men enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of men enjoy it so much, mm-hmm. and honestly, probably even on the other side, there's probably an element of like men who don't really enjoy it who oh, are expected yeah. and they th- thought of, of strange or weird if they don't enjoy it, which yeah. is obviously also not true. Mm-hmm. So anyway, my point of this whole rant is that, yes, it's normal and it's valid to not want to if it disgusts you. Disgust is a very strong word. I feel like if you're using that word. Like you really don't like it. Then you really don't like it. And then you really shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Like that's totally fine. Yeah. But yeah, I think that it would be probably far more normal than you would expect it to be, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Okay. So on dating apps, how often should you meet someone that you are enjoying talking to, but don't feel very strongly attracted to? I really like Mm. this question because dating apps are a very, very interesting thing. And it is really hard to determine whether you're going to be attracted to someone based on their photos or what they're saying or even on the conversation because so much of attraction is just like the way that you interact Mm -hmm. with someone in person, the way that you, you know, the banter that you might have, the way someone might touch you on the arm and it feels really like, you know, attractive and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like there's so many different things that play into it. And often I know Kara and I have had this conversation before, like sometimes there can be a bit of nervousness about like going on a date with someone that you're not a hundred percent about from a dating app, because like, what if they're not my type? What if we don't get along? I'm not really that attracted to them. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm forcing myself to do this. Like there's so many things that can come up Mm -hmm. when it comes to the question of like, how often should you meet up with someone from a dating app. I honestly don't think that we can properly answer this, but an important thing to note is like, do you feel like there is enough with like the conversation, for example, that you feel like you're going to get along with this person? Like I recently went on a date with someone who I was like, not a hundred percent sure whether I was going to vibe them or not. I was like, You know, I feel like I'm, like, kind of attracted to them. Like, I've never Mm. dated anyone like them before. Their conversation seems to be good, though. And, like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. And I'm Mm. just going to see how it is and then... When I met him in person, I was actually so much more attracted to him than I thought that I would be. Sometimes that's also gone the opposite way. Like sometimes I have been vibing with someone really hard on a dating app and then I meet up with them and they're like really fucking awkward and we just don't have as much in common as I thought that I did. Mm -hmm. So I think that like when it comes to dating apps, it's important to do things that feel comfortable to you regardless of the situation. If you're getting the vibes from someone like you could have some things in common with them. I think it can be a great idea to like take the risk and just go on the date and like see if you vibe them in person because you don't have to see them again if you don't like yeah. them. But if you're like, this is probably going to be a no regardless because maybe they're like not physically your type and you're not usually attracted to that type or of person. Or if the conversation's not going or anywhere. if the conversation's not going anywhere, you feel like they're not as communicative as you would like. It is well within your right to just be like, actually, this is just a no And I don't have to put myself out there just to put myself out there. I completely agree. I think I've been through something similar kind
0: of recently. Like I was talking to my therapist about going on dates and like being on dating apps and stuff like that. And I was saying like, I need to force myself to go on dates. I need to force myself to meet these guys. And she was like, why are you forcing yourself to do something as intimate as dating like Mm. that's a very like intimate thing and like i mean i guess like not everyone might be the same but for me it's like a very difficult thing for a lot of reasons that i'm not going to get into on a podcast (laughs) right now but she she said to me like i don't she said i don't think it's good to force yourself to do something just for the sake of getting that experience and getting out of that comfort zone she said like you know and we're talking about how if i was talking to someone and i and i was thinking about you know i don't want to meet up with him but there was no like reason besides maybe i was a bit scared in terms of like meeting someone that i really liked or maybe there was you know some avoidance like cropping up there like maybe that's a situation where you think yes i can push myself a bit out of my comfort zone meet up because who knows what might happen Mm -hmm. but if you're in a situation where you're just talking with someone and you're like he said a few things or they've said a few things that like i don't really like or our interests aren't the same or yeah like the conversation's just not going anywhere and i'm not really feeling enthused about meeting up Mm. i don't think there's any there's i don't think there's anything bad with saying like it's just not for me yeah like i don't think there's anything that you should feel like um upset about or disappointed in yourself for mm-hmm. if you're just like i just not not really feeling it enough to go on a date
1: mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree I, I think at the end of the day like you do sort of need to trust your intuition with this kind of mm-hmm. stuff but just like know that it's valid either way like you don't owe someone a second date just for going on a first date with them no and and you don't owe someone a date just because you've talked to them on the gap for a, a few days yeah at all yeah yeah And you also never know what could happen if you go on a date with someone a little bit out of your comfort zone and they end up being someone really fucking cool. Yeah yeah
0: you could also just try like if you're if you're kind of on the fence you could try like a coffee date like that's a super quick little date Mm -hmm. you could try like a walk or something like like it doesn't have to be like a big thing i guess yeah like you could just make it whatever you're comfortable with yeah okay so our seventh question is how do you become comfortable doing things alone i've been losing a lot of friends lately thanks to focusing on myself and having more boundaries First of all, congratulations. Yeah,
1: I was going to say good for you for setting the boundaries that you need to set. And like, I'm sorry that you have been losing a lot of friends, but it sounds like you really are putting the focus where it needs to be right Mm -hmm. now. And hopefully in turn, you will attract people into your life who are respectful of those boundaries and perhaps have those own boundaries in their own lives as well.
0: Yeah, completely. I think the idea of like, how do you become comfortable doing things alone like that can be a really daunting thing to i guess fathom for the first time if you've always been someone who like does everything with friends or with a partner or with family and stuff like that yeah i think a good place to start can be sitting down and like even like literally listing out things that you really like doing and that really bring you joy or bring you comfort and make you feel inspired and like that Mm -hmm. could be anything from like going for walks or going to the movies or going out for dinner and stuff like that because there's really nothing that you can't do alone Yeah, there's nothing that like you should feel ashamed to do alone.
1: I agree. And I remember I went through a breakup in my early 20s and I was single and through my relationship, I really had lost a lot of friends. And I also worked hospitality. So I had like random days off and a lot of my friends weren't available. And so I really decided like, okay, I'm actually going to consciously push myself out of my comfort zone and do things by myself that perhaps people would look at and be like, Oh, that's like a little mm-hmm. bit of a random thing to do. But for me, it was like a really, really beautiful experience. And it, uh, I had the intention of being comfortable spending time by myself. So, something that I really did is like promise myself that once a week I was gonna take myself on like a solo date somewhere. For me personally, what I decided to do was go for a drive to a random small country town and usually go for a little wander around, take some photos. And then also I would listen to music in the car and I would also go to a cafe and get like either just like a hot chocolate or I would like get some lunch or some breakfast mm. or something like that. And that was something that like I enjoy doing all of those things. And they also were like, you know, it was enough in my comfort zone without being too far out of my comfort yeah. zone. And I think you don't have to
0: completely push yourself out of your comfort zone to be doing something like to be learning and how to be Mm. alone i think that that it's okay to like to do certain things with someone like that's fine like for example if you like going to the movies or watching like tv shows and stuff like that it's okay if you prefer to do that with someone else because maybe you like talking about it or you like connecting with things like that but that doesn't mean that you have to stop enjoying it Mm. in some capacity just because you maybe don't have someone right now who wants to do those things with you Mm -hmm. so i think yeah like figuring out like what you can do that's just outside of your comfort zone but isn't probably going to make you feel like super anxious and super nervous at first because i think baby steps is probably a good way to go in this scenario and you'll Mm -hmm. probably find that over time you can do more and more things that you know maybe you once couldn't even fathom doing by yourself Mm -hmm. um and i think that as you do it you'll probably gain the confidence knowing that spending time alone is actually super fucking powerful
1: yeah and not
0: just like this I feel like a lot of us are just only alone in those like little in-between moments in life like driving or when you're in bed before you go to sleep and stuff like that like and then when we are faced with alone time like qu- quite a long amount of alone time it can be really confronting because mm. we just don't know what to do with it mm-hmm. like i've felt like that quite a few times i felt like that specifically like when you've gone away a few times and like, I'll just like go to work and I'll come home and I'll just be here. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I'm so used to having <laughs> someone here. And yeah. like, but when you really lean into that, like solo time, I think it can be so enjoyable and so beneficial mm. and you can learn a lot from it as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay. Miss Reedy. So what do you do on days when you feel unwell, but you do still need to get things done? Mm, they say are a hard they are really difficult. I feel this especially when I'm on my period. Yeah, Which is absolutely. like, I'm like, please, can we just have paid sick days? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I think a country recently
0: introduced? Yeah, it's paid like a three-day sick
1: days. I'm yeah, like, that would be ideal. Anyway,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I I really struggle with this a lot of the time being self-employed because mm-hmm. I don't get sick leave, and so when I feel unwell, it you know really can throw things. Mm-hmm out of whack and some days I'm like I literally just like don't have the time to like have a day off right now Mm -hmm. so something that I would suggest doing on days when you feel unwell is like actually write a list of things that you absolutely 100% have to Mm -hmm. get done there is no negotiating on it whatsoever because like seeing a friend that you promised you'd catch up with or even like face having a friend you promised you'd catch up with is nothing's gonna fall apart and die if you don't do those things yes so that's something that you could easily not do do you need to mop your floors Mm, yeah probably not yeah yeah so i think i think uh this is like a very practical tip i don't know if this is (laughs) the right (laughs) response but what i would do in this situation is like yeah write a list of like things that i would like to get done right now and then go through them Mm. and be like what can What needs to be prioritized here and maybe just try and focus on a few things that you're gonna get done. Mm -hmm. And that's all. I understand like as an adult it is really hard because like honestly when I get sick these days, I'm like this is so inconvenient. I don't have the time right now. No. It it, imagine being sick as like a parent. As a mum. I was thinking that when we had COVID, I was like, imagine... Like, I was struggling to look after the cats when I was feeling super ill. I'm like, <laughs> imagine if I had human children. Yeah, it's fucked.
0: Like, how did our parents do it? I don't know. It's crazy. I completely agree. I think putting breaking it down into, like, realistic things of, like, what genuinely has to be done today. Like, do you have, like, a really important time-sensitive task like paying bills? Mm. Do you have to um you know get something done for work that's a non-negotiable if you are like you know self employed and you need the money or something like that yeah do you have zero food in the house and you do need to get some food Mm. in some capacity like things like that like obviously Mm. it ranges depending on who you are and like what is actually absolutely necessary for you yeah And then also I think it's important to figure out like what will genuinely make make you feel better. So like obviously it depends on what type of unwell you're feeling like. If it's a physical unwell, like if you have a cold or if you just feel like nauseous for some reason or something like that. Mm. If you suffer from a chronic illness and like it's like a flare up at the moment, what's going to help? Like, is it going to be, you know, laying in bed with a heat pack and then, and sleeping or is Mm. it going to be like laying on the couch or maybe would a light walk help you or something like that? Like, it really depends again on like who you are and what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think identifying those things you need to get done, the things that would make you feel better and then kind of doing like a loose kind of plan for your day Mm. that maybe makes the things you need to get done seem more manageable yeah because what i personally find is that if i'm having a hard day like even if it's like i need to do some washing because i always fucking need to do washing that's (laughs) always the thing that i cannot put off any longer
1: i don't understand how you always have to do washing when you like don't do washing like what sorry i don't know how to word that but like you always have washing to do and i'm like how because I do it, like, once a week. Yeah, but I feel like you say more than once a week that you need to do your washing. Well, it's because I have,
0: at the end of the week, I Mm -hmm. have, like, probably two loads of washing to do.
1: I have working from home washing privilege, so sorry.
0: Yes, I know you do. Yeah. That's why when you say, have you not done your washing yet? I'm like, because you fucking stay home every day and you can put a load on every day. I can't do that. Okay, you can. You have two weekends a week now. Okay, as of recently. (laughs) But I understand because when I worked from home, I was way more on top of my washing yeah. and also on top of the cleaning and stuff like that because, like, you can just, like, grab a vac or mm-hmm. grab a mop. Yeah, just go for it. It is great when you work from home. Yeah. In some, in some ways. In yeah. some ways it's not. But anyway, my point is that um, making, like, the tasks a bit, like, more manageable and, like, smaller, like, you know, oh, like, maybe you need you want to, like, sit, lay down and read with the heat pack, but let me put some washing on before that so then I can have, like, an hour of reading and resting And then I can put them out. Like, Mm. making them more... Digestible, I guess is that's something that helps me personally.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice, yeah. That seems like a beautiful way to end today's episode, darling. It does
0: seem to me, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed today's unprofessional opinions episode. As always, we would really appreciate if you could recommend our podcast to a friend if you haven't done so already. It really helps us out to continue growing the podcast and reaching new people. You can find my beautiful co-host Miss Reedy on Instagram at. Cara R. Reedy, and you can find me on Instagram at Amanda Ducks. If you'd like to submit any questions for the podcast, you can do so over on our Instagram at tbh.pod.
0: And if you haven't heard already, we do have a Patreon where you can get great benefits like bonus episodes, you can get this weekly episode early, you can get merch discounts and behind the scenes footage. All that fun stuff and more is available and the tiers start at just $5 per month, which would really support us and help us out.
1: Yes, everything is linked down in the show notes. Hope you have a beautiful week. Thanks for joining us and we'll be in your ears next Friday morning. Goodbye. Bye.